Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss all things women's cycling is my dear comrade Sarah. How are you comrade Sarah? I'm very good. How are you comrade Daniel? I'm I'm a free market loving rootin' tootin' capitalist. That's how I am. Are so. you saying you're a libertarian? <laughs> We may have to stop no, this I have, I have, I have too much self-respect to be a libertarian. Libertarians, libertarians are people who don't have the courage of their convictions to be anarchists. So, hi to all the libertarians. Listening. So Dan, Dan will not accept that people call the Commonwealth Games the commie games. He gets very, nobody very does. Impressive. It's like you it's, and one of your friends on Twitter, and that's it. You're the only people in the world. There's like two of you, so that doesn't count. Not that I have feelings about it. <laughs> so we have got so much to talk about this week. We've got the Commonwealth Games. We've got the Sparkas and Giro Road World Cup. It's so nice to have the World Cup back. We have the Mountain Bike World Cup back in Munson and in Canada. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. Oh, Canada. And, I actually don't know. Uh, riding, in, riding in Australia at the Tour of the Murray um, and all sorts of fun things you might like to see and do and some exciting racing coming up. It's um, it's been a very busy time of year, actually. You know, we've 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 normally well, I, I I maybe I'm wrong about this, but sort of mentally, um, usually we get to the end of of touring and and we get a little bit of a pause and it just you know chance to collectively catch our breath and as it's like we're, we we haven't hit that point yet. There's just too much going on. Yes, and it was so exciting being able to watch. Like this weekend, I watched. Um, so you had the the i mean women's cycling every day and streamed live so on thursday there was the itt at the commonwealth games and then on friday there was the eliminator for the um for the mountain bike world cup saturday was the downhill of the world cup downhill mountain bike world cup sunday got up super early was slightly grumpy watched the commonwealth games <laughs> road race then followed the sparkas and giro on twitter and then watched the the cross country live <laughs> so so you, what you're saying is that you're becoming a little spoiled, really. Yeah. I actually feel it's amazing. It's like this is what it's this is what it was like watching men's cycling. You know, when you like sit when you first go, Oh, this is quite good. This is quite a fun sport. I wonder what's on next. Oh look, there's a race on next. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not stopping because we've got the Prudential Grump Ride London. Okay, it's a crit. It's a crit, but it's still live this this Saturday on BBC. And then we've also got the Open to Sweat Vigorda um, coming up in a couple of weeks, which is actually going to be streamed live on the UCI's website. Now, all right, look, I'm, I don't, I don't want to call like actual bullshit on that, but I have to say I have my deeply uh, cynical slash somewhat scared of being crushed by bitter disappointment yet again hat on when it comes to that because so far all i've seen is a press release and i, I still live in fear that the uci will manage to uci this and um and that we won't actually get live streaming yeah. It is, it is true, dear listener, that the UCI have put out press releases in the past saying all World Cups will be streamed on the UCI channel and we go, 
what really no 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 no, it really will and then it turns out to be all cyclocross world cups and not if you're in america and and then it's like and it's and so there's been a lot of this and then they'll say we will show every round of the road world cup in a way that sounds significantly like lots and lots of people people i really respect and who are very adept at reading uci talk really thought that we were going to get live world cups this year it was it it did look like it but it turns out that the definition of live world cup meant something very different to whoever wrote that than it did to everyone yeah. who read it. So Yes. Yeah. However, however, I have two significant reasons to believe that the Regorda World Cup and the GP de Plouet World Cup will be streamed live, okay? And that is because they're already being streamed live by someone else. Okay. Now, I know that's okay. the same for Drenta and Binder, but I actually think that this is going to happen. And if the worst comes the worst, we'll just watch We'll just watch the pirate feed of the Gorda from Swedish TV. Yay, Sweden! And then we'll watch the feed of Plouet from French TV. Hurrah, France. Well, I, I, yeah, okay, that's that's a fair enough point. All, all, I I, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is that, Sarah, I have I have been beaten and battered and abused time and time again by the UCI, and I just can't bear to be hurt and let down again. I just can't. I just can't. Okay, well, what I don't want you to do is not get up early or stay up late <laughs> on the, the 24th of August and go, look, see, I was right, and then realise everyone go, oh, my God, best race ever. Because yeah, yeah. Well, staying up, late, staying up late is our only chance of that happening because getting up early on the weekend, nah. Well, I could get up at 8 o'clock. I was bright and early and yeah, ready. Yeah, and, and I readily admit that you're a better person than I am. I've, I've never pretended otherwise. Yeah. I mean, it was slightly disappointing that the Commonwealth Games road race did start at 8 o'clock. I mean, you're not going to get peak viewing public out at 8 o'clock on the streets of Glasgow. However, given that the rain in the afternoon was so torrential that they had to close the airport yeah, and the men's yeah. race carried on, I think maybe the women did, did all right. Well, I was going to say, even by the end of the women's race, the rain was just horrendous. It was, oh my God, you know, that, that last half of the last lap. <laughs> oh, but was it Glasgow? Beautiful. Oh, was and it, it was such a great race. Oh, god damn, oh, that was awesome. It was. It was just. It's just such a gorgeous city and such an exciting race. And I mean, it was. It's a. It's another short one. It's a hundred kilometers. And some people go, yeah, but you know what? It's short, Sarah. It's because it's got a less selective field. And yes, I know. So the Commonwealth countries. If you're new to the Commonwealth, bless people's hearts. The number of um, people who came to our blog saying, "Why aren't the Netherlands racing the Commonwealth Games?" Um, it's it's because basically the Commonwealth our countries what used to be in the used to be in the British Empire. <laughs> Did you say countries what used to be? <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I still think it was unfair the way that Rabobank ganged up on um on on Lizzie and Emma and just sort of bullied them and boxed them in though. I think that was really unfair of Rabo. <laughs> weren't even there daniel netherlands have never been colonized by england we it was the other way around um, <laughs> yeah but that's how they get in isn't it because you know basically they own england yeah no they didn't there was no dan is of course um referencing the previous week's endless polemica 
<laughs> yeah, actually, that's a, yeah, it's a good point. I probably shouldn't have reignited that debate. Shit. Okay, <laughs> moving right well, along to actual. No, um, we didn't realize, but people were. But but after 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 the La Course, Lizzie Armit said I was taken. It said she was taken out by Pauline Frampreveau crashing, and I I read taken out as 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 to be mean taken out of the race. I don't see it as something that you say with intention. You know, yeah, I was taken yeah, no, out I, I understood it. I understood it to mean you know that 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 yeah exactly like not that someone deliberately took her out um in no. the in the mafia sense of the word um but but as in my opportunity to compete for the win or a podium spot uh was no longer available to me <laughs> you know yes. that's and, and they actually ended up having conversations with people on twitter where they thought where they suggested that that the the van Vleuten deliberately crash you know they were going at 50 kilometers an hour at this point it was in the last kilometer or last two kilometers of the race they were going very very fast and the suggestion that Anna McMahon Blurton deliberately crashed out her own teammate at Pauline Frampera and Lizzie Armistead to stop Lindsay Armistead going into a sprint with Voss it's just I mean well I, not to I, mention I, in, in my experience and I, I do have to admit that maybe it's limited in this area but in my experience the only people that would believe that you would deliberately crash into someone at somewhere between 50 and 60 kilometers an hour is someone who has never crashed at 50 to 60 kilometers an hour because there's no fucking fun way to come down where it's like, oh, yeah, get up, just dust it off, I'll be okay. Like, that's, yeah, not how those things work. But I don't think you even have to crash at... I don't think you even have to have crashed at 50 to 60 kilometers an hour. I think you just have to have crashed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like you're not kind of going, yeah. And, and also, they go, yeah, but there was big money involved. And you're going, dude, seriously, I mean, it wasn't that big money. And actually, once you've divided it by between the teams, I mean, and, and B, Mariana, it's hardly as if Mariana needs to worry about going into a sprint with anyone, is it? I mean, Mariana's the type of person who just like bring it on. But it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, in, we've said this last week, and it's interesting. It's just interesting to me how we've now got to the point where women's cycling is so big that there are batshit insane conspiracy theories <laughs> yeah yeah well and 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 it is kind of interesting and it, it at its more benevolent end i do just find it kind of sweet and amusing um and and kind of nice that people are, are that uh engaged with it and care that much about the outcome um you know on, on the more extreme end where it gets a bit rough and tumble and and nasty i get a bit disappointed um but, but, you know, on the whole, I, I'm happy to celebrate a diversity of opinions. And, uh, and as a, a wise person once said when I was growing up, I would never deny someone else the right to be wrong. So. <laughs> so the Commonwealth Games, it had a really interesting field. So you've got you've got the um, you've got the because you've got England, Ireland, the, the British team riders, England, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Isle of Man, Jersey and Guernsey and la la la, things like that. And so in terms of pros, though, the, 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 the Australian team was absolutely stacked. I can't remember all of them. I can't remember all six, but they had Tiffany Cromwell, attack queen, Chloe Hoskins, tough, punchy sprinter, Mel, Mel, Hos Chloe Mel Hoskins. Hoskins. Mel Hoskins, who's another sprinter, Gracie Elvin, super rider, Shara Gillow, ITT star. Yep. Oh, and they'd also had the ITT on 
Thursday and the ITT was I mean I some people don't like ITTs and, and there are times when I can kind of go along with that but that ITT did you see it I only saw the the last little bit of it and holy shit that was competitive so competitive I mean that it always we always knew it would come down I mean it was quite an interesting one because you had Katie Archibald if you don't know about Katie Archibald she's very very new to cycling she literally just started a couple of years ago riding grass track races to make money at Highland Games yeah because her dad was going up to Highland Games and she thought she could make a bit of cash out of it she got herself into the track last year she wasn't like the she wasn't really welcomed with open arms I don't think so she ended up like going to one of the track world champs uh, world cups by herself with just one mechanic and winning uh, winning and coming home with coming back with a couple of medals like yeah. really really yeah. competitive and she's been um so then she was taken onto the track world you know the British slightly went oh hang on a minute yeah maybe we should have her <laughs> she ended up winning the, winning the t- was part of the team pursuit winning squad in the track world champs and just great. And then all year on the road, she's been attacking. She's been learning. You know, she's she's like this is her first full domestic season riding with Pearl Azumi Madison boot out breast cancer. Sports Tours International. Uh, yep, yep. They change their name so often. I can't. This Pearl Azumi Sports Tours International Madison boot out breast cancer. And she's um and she's just been she's been really really fast. And then she came third in the ITT National Championship. Sorry, second in the ITT National Championships, ahead of reigning champion uh, Joanna Rousel and Sarah Story. It was like holy fuck, she's really really good. So. Yeah, so she had started out, and it looked for a moment like she was going to get third because it was her and Shari Gillow duking it out on the road for ages. Yeah. But the leading rider ended up for after a while was Catherine Garfoot. I know. Kat Garfoot has had... She's she was um, German born. She moved to Australia with um, when she married her husband, and I think she might have moved before then. But you know that's how she became. She's German born Australian, Aussie. She's proper Aussie, and she um, yeah she did so so. She's like Kat Garfoot is like an example of how the Australian system can really work. How so, uh, how do you mean? Well, she did really, really well through the Na- National Road Series all last year yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and this year. And as a result of doing well through the National Road Series, she was picked up by the Australian national team who brought her over to Europe to give her her, her first taste at European racing. And she came 16th at Flesh Wallon. And she did all sorts of good things. And as a result, Orica, uh, as a result of her doing well with the Australian national team, Orica picked her up and signed her to ride from the Giro onwards. Mm, mm. And, you know, and so she's been, you know, so she's been racing. She's, she's like learned her craft with the Aussie national team and racing in the small races. She's now with Orica. And in the Commonwealth ITT, she got bronze. Yeah, which is an awesome result, really. Yeah, really good. I mean, you know, and, and it's, and again, it's like there are some serious riders out there. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's all sorts of really interesting riders. Well, and, and that's what we were saying last week, you know, is that the Commonwealth Games, admittedly, it's, it's a much smaller event than, you know, the most easy comparison being the, the Olympic Games. But it's that opportunity for those, those up and coming riders and riders from smaller nations or, or, you know, more exotic nations to, to really, demonstrate their ability so 
Yeah. And to actually, and, and and it's like, and the Commonwealth Games medal, it's not. I mean, the other thing is, is that you know, Cav was there. Cav was there because he couldn't ride this year. He's he's injured, but he was he was in the team car, the men's road race. He was screaming for Anna Christian on the side of the road in the women's race because he doesn't get the chance to ride as the Isle of Man, and you're not allowed to wear an Isle of Man. You know, if you if you win the Olympic Games, you're not allowed to ride around the track with an Isle of Man flag because they ban small nations they they ban like nations as a part of a big country's flag oh, and it's right, right. a tibet issue you know what i mean like so you can't have a tibetan flag you know what i mean you can't have a oh right right it's a politics thing because yeah, a lot yeah. of you do, have you a know, do you know when flag. that rule came in because no right. i know that no i know so, i'm you've... just interested because we have you know a very iconic sporting moment in australia when um when kathy freeman um you know, won gold at the Olympics and, and took her lap of honour um, holding the Aboriginal flag and the um, Australian national flag. And yeah. um, and it was sort of a, a very important cultural moment for us here. And I'm just curious to know, because I hadn't realised that might have actually been a breach of those rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's basically, I mean, it's basically, I think, I mean, I don't know when it came, I don't know whether it came in around the Beijing Olympics, of course, but... Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It was weird because you weren't even allowed to wear your free Tibet T-shirts, so you know. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, anyway. So yeah. So it's it's like one of the only chances that you actually get to race, you know, as the Isle of Man, for example. And and it's so it's you know, it's, and it is an important thing for. It's something that people. I mean, yes, it isn't as good as the. It, it there are some competitions where you look at them and there aren't even enough entrants to be able to award a bronze medal fairly. Yeah. But then cycling is not like that because the top two riders in the what in the site in the ITT are two of the very best time trialists in the world. Yeah, Emma 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 Pooley and Linda Willemsen. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're not going to get a contest out of that. No, know. and Linda Linda's been on the podium of the of the ITT World Champs every year for the past five years. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was actually like 500 years. So. And Pooley's been Pooley won it in 2010. So you know, and because we don't. And the other thing that's really crazy about this is I was looking up. Okay, before beforehand, I was looking up. Well, let's look at comparable ITTs. There's been no comparable ITT. The only long ITT in a top level race was Turingen, and that's because they, you know, and and, and obviously that had a smaller feel because it batting up against the um against the, the Giro. Uh, yeah, but yeah. the only other time that Ellen Van Dyke, for example, has had to, you know, and, and there are ITTs in smaller races, you know, in kind of smaller races like Vuelta El Salvador and the Czech races and stuff. But, you know, you're not, your team's not going to go there just to give Ellen the chance to blast a small field, a really, yeah, really yeah, small field, exactly. like a much smaller field than this one. So Ellen, I think the only time that Ellen's actually been able to ride a proper ITT in her skin suit this year has been at the Borsolet ITT, which is a national level one, but... You know, all the top riders ride, a lot of top riders ride it because it's the day before the Omnivan Borsolet. And also at the at the Dutch National Championships. Yeah. So there is this, this is one of the, you know, this is one of the reasons, you know, this is one of the things that, you know, why is Emma Pooley leaving is because, you know, if you're a mountain goat and an ITT champion star, there are really limited chances to ride. So, you know, getting to see the Commonwealth riders having a chance to go up against each other and, you know, Linda Willemsen versus Emma Pooley. Holy fuck. That's like the last, that's possibly the last time we'll ever, probably the last time we'll ever see that. 
And it was such a thrill. So it'd been thrilling and nail-biting in the early rides, but Linda and Emma were neck and neck, like one second apart at the first checkpoint, 1.6 seconds apart at the second checkpoint. Then Emma was six seconds up at the third checkpoint, but that was just after the climb, and they had a long descending section coming yeah. into the end. Yeah. Yeah. And by the end, Linda Willemson had won by about five seconds. Oh, and that was so intense, just watching that that back and forth through the, the last sort of 10, 15 minutes um, oh as they God. hit different stages. I was, you know, because I, I wasn't actually watching that live. I was watching virtually via Twitter and, and whatnot um, at that point and, and then saw a replay later. But I was, I was you know, hitting refresh every couple of like, holy shit, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? Tell me, tell me. I need to know. <laughs> It was just incredible, and that's what you know. That's you know when when the best type, when the best ITT competitions are like that. That's what they're like, isn't it? Mm, mm. So much drama, and yeah. So um, so yeah. So um, I mean, gutting for Shara Gillow because you know she. I really expected her to be on the podium, but yeah. I mean, amazing. So win for win for Linda Willemson, and I mean Linda's come. Linda and, and for Linda to actually win an ITT must be a bit of a you know. Of course, there's no Ellen Van Dyke there. Ah, ah, ah. What? Oh no! It's just you know, it's it's the the ever the bridesmaid, never the bride joke, isn't it? So I don't know, but um, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's okay. um, it's 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 just uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So we start the comedies road race, and the big countries there are Australia, that as we say have. Gracie Alvin, Tiff Cromwell, Shara Gillow, Chloe Hosking, the biggest, strongest team, yeah? Then you've got um, England, which had... Then you've got the GB Nations split down, and you've got Scotland's got Katie Archibald and Eileen Rowe. Okay, if you look at their results, their domestic-level riders. But at this point, I've said this before, Katie Archibald could win the BMX World Cup and champs, and I wouldn't blink, yeah? yeah, yeah. You're like, Katie Archibald, I don't think she's going to win, but I think she could. She, she's got a serious chance to get on the podium. And then you've got Emma Pooley and Lizzie Armitstead in the same England team. And it's like, I know, yes, you've got Laura Trott and Danny King and people like that in there too. But, oh, my God, Emma Pooley and Lizzie Armitstead racing together for the last time. Uh, Emma's retirement race. I just loved how they rode for Cervelo Test team together and our, our drink. I loved it. I loved it. They just they were so complimentary, their skills and stuff. And this was when Lizzie was racing for Emma. And now it was the other way around. They went yeah. in going, yeah, I'm racing for I'm racing for Lizzie. It was very clear. And, you know, um, lots of track stars in the race too. Brackets, I still think I would have liked to see Sharon Laws there. Um, <laughs> Not that you have feelings about that. Then you've got, like, then you've got the New Zealand team, which has a whole load of... Um, so you've got Brushley Buchanan and Joe Kizanowski, who are riding in the USA, and Emily Collins, who's racing for Wiggle. But basically, Linda... When you look at her results, Linda has been the best Commonwealth's right, the best rider from the Commonwealth field in the Road World Champs for the last couple of years, and she does it after getting on the podium of the ITT. So you're like, okay, she's actually got a really good chance of taking the double. Mm. And had Ash Woolman um, as a nice, uh, you know, as a, as a as a you know supported by a South African team with lovely talent, and it's just. Yeah, it's a great race to watch. I really so you know it's like yeah, of course there's no Voss, there's no this, there's no that, but that's a hell of a lot more competitive than, for example, the Czech Tour or or yeah. the World 
Salvador or you know what I mean that's yeah, like no, got... there, there are plenty of races that don't have um, as many options and and also quite often even in the bigger races you know how often how often are we lining up and everyone's going oh pretty much going to be Voss maybe this one other rider over here depending on the type of course it is oh, no I don't agree I don't agree I don't agree I know that's the thing that people say about Voss but I don't agree with it no no I know but that's what I'm saying is people people carry those expectations anyway so the point is to come to a race like this where you you've actually got a whole range of people that it's it's wide open for and you don't quite know how it's going to play out because I, I agree. I'm not saying that, that you think that, that we think Voss is going to win everything, but that a lot of racing when she's involved is um, either an attempt to preemptively uh, change her strategy or to respond to her perceived strategy, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't agree with that. I mean, I think yes to a certain extent, but I think that like that's the beauty of someone like Elisa Longo Borghini, and we saw it in the Giro. Where high tech, yeah, they didn't win a stage, but they just went out and out and out on the basis that they did they were gonna race their own race. And they attacked and they attacked and they were gonna try and get away and they weren't looking at it and going, Oh my god, what do we do about Voss? They were looking at it and going, How are we going to win this race? And I think that's a different thing. I think well, I mean, yes, that's, I, I that's kinda of what I meant by preemptively. But but anyway, my, my point being that take that out of the equation and and you've just got a wide open race where where even as a, a casual fan you're not looking in one obvious direction you you're looking at a whole range of other options in front of you anyway um so i was i was pretty excited coming into it i was um what's the right way to say this i wasn't like super confident that we were going to to do well but you know with our team i was i was you know quite confident that we'd be able to do something interesting oh my god you know the interesting thing about australia is how many times you'd won, Aussie had won this and how many times you've come away with medals, yeah? Because if you look down the stats, you I looked at it for the last 10 years of the Commonwealth, and it's like, yeah, I don't think there's been a year when Aussie haven't won a medal. Maybe there's been one year. But, you know, you've got ra- riders like Anna Millward and, and Ernie Wood and Rochelle Gilmore, of course, last time, last Commonwealth, yep. who won it. And Kathy Watt, of course, won it. You know, legendary Kathy Watt. So it's kind of like you're the, you. I think Aussie started as a team to be. Oh yeah, look, look I, I think probably in a lot of lot of people's minds, yeah, but yeah, exactly. That was my thing was looking at looking at the recent form of Lizzie and Emma. Um, I was thinking, you know, we'd need to we'd need to pull something off um, pretty smart tactically to to really give ourselves the the best possible chance to to you know limit the their their influence on the race, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. and I think that was pretty much the tactic on the day because holy shit we attacked everything, and then you... and then when things didn't when, when when things weren't attacking we chopped them down and attacked again. It was sorry. That's... Yeah, the Aussies the Aussies went. I mean, the, it was an interesting race because you. So the other thing about this race is one of the reasons that Lizzie was obviously started as a as a favourite here was because she won the national championships on this course in two thousand and thirteen, mm. and although it's not although you know there's obviously a very big thing with Scots would get very upset about English people claiming that this could be a home games. It's as near to a home games as damn it. You know what I mean? It's a, it's yeah, a course yeah. that it's a course that she loves, and no matter what people say, the Scottish 
crowds were super lovely to the to, to, to all the home nations riders and actually all the riders you know this wasn't one of those things where you had Scottish people you know like the Daily Mail said all oh, the Scottish people will be booing the English athletes and it was absolutely the opposite it was cheering for talent and skill and personality and fun one, you know it's one it, I, I actually I was gonna say I can't believe the Daily Mail said that but then I was like it's the Daily Mail of course they said that but two and perhaps more importantly I can't believe you know what the Daily Mail said. It just be, I don't exist. How long have you been reading the Daily Mail, Sarah? You're a I Daily don't... Mail subscriber, aren't you? Oh God. Aren't you? I I think we should I think we need to have time out so I can come over to fly up <laughs> the balls. Um <laughs> and steal all my um steal all my beer. No. Un unacceptable. Um, I no, I'd set fire to all your beer. No, your beer doesn't even deserve to be drunk after that comment. Well, well it's I'm all right. Not, I'm not the one swimming right. around on the internet quoting Daily Mail headlines, so you it's, know. It's all right. Well, we all we all we all know that you, we all know that you campaign for Tony Abbott, so you know. I do. I campaign regularly for him to be sent back to London, where he's from. <laughs> what swapping for Rupert Murdoch? He's American. Is he? Yeah. He, he renounced his Australian citizenship to become an American so he could increase his share of Fox. So, uh, yeah. Um, so I think we should quickly get out of the world of geopolitics. It turns out all the polemic around women's cycling is way less dangerous. than. <laughs> you describe the race while I drink the beautiful coffee that's just been delivered to me. Oh, show off. Show off. Um, no, you... Did I tell you I saw Guardians of the Galaxy last night? Oh, good God. I hate you so much. Right, Dan will describe the race. Go. <laughs> I, I've had a mental blank now of just violent white light. Um, okay, so there was an attack, and then there was another attack, and then there was an attack after that, and then there was another attack, and then there was a, an attack. Then everyone took a breath, then there was another attack. I'm not doing it very well, am I? No. Carry on. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, circuit race um, in around the the streets of, of Glasgow, and uh, in that sort of classically, well, what I tend to think of as as that sort of sneaky British way, that th there's a whole bunch of hills, and and so they they kind of, I guess. I guess if we were talking about any other race, we'd, we'd call them, um, you know, kind of rolling terrain. But it's the it's the kind of thing that is leg sapping, you know. So you hit this series of hills and it's just, you know, difficult climb, brief break, difficult climb, brief break. And so every time you hit them, you, your legs are just suffering a little bit more. Um, the Australians would definitely... Well, I think anyway, um, working quite hard to to try and get something clear, um, presumably to to set. Um, well, I think um, Tiff Cromwell up for for a chance to to get loose and steal the the win, um, and they they. Oh. Geez, I lost count of the number of times they they really animated, particularly the first half of the race, and um, in in the the way that I, I guess we've come to see these races often unfold when when it's a bigger stage and and everyone's excited, nobody's really letting anything get away. Um, so for the first couple of laps, yes, 
Well, and then what happened? Then what started to happen once the Australians, after the Australians had like done some attacking, then what happened? Well, then then we split into smaller groups. No, before that, what before happened? That, uh, Who now, else attacked, Dan? Who's not Australian that's attacked a lot? <laughs> Who did we see attacked? No, 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 nobody, nobody but Australians attacked. Daniel. Sarah. I didn't see Guardians of the Galaxy, so, you know. Tell, you who, tell, tell the people how the race unfolded. Or? Emma fucking Pooley. <laughs> and that was the thing that was hilarious, because it, in the beginning part, in the first like segment of the race, the English team were riding a little bit defensively, and I'm like, this is really surprising, because I don't think I've ever seen Emma Pooley ride defensively. Oh, okay, that's why. She's just basically letting the, atta- letting the Australians yeah. attack 100 times earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, so that, and so it, that, it was super, super smart riding because I mean, basically, let the let the Aussie girls sort of not wear themselves out completely, but definitely, definitely take the edge off. And um, and then Emma launches into into the attack and um, like yes. she did, she did, yeah, she and, did. and and it's that classic classic um, thing of haha, I'll attack and now you must chase me down. And okay, yes. you caught me. And I'll attack again. Mm. And it's very, very interesting because behind her, you've got Lizzie Armistead, who looked like she was just out on some kind of mellow trainee coffee, coffee shop ride. Like, oh, fuck, chase Emma down. Know. Jesus. It was, it, it was just the worst thing. I can't imagine what it must have felt like to, to be sitting there in the bunch looking at the two of them doing that because um, I think it was Bridie O'Donnell on Twitter who who basically said that, um, that um, Lizzie was looking like when when they're hitting the that the the big climb on the course that Lizzie's the only rider sitting there breathing through her nose looking like she's checking Facebook on her phone while she rides up this hill you know <laughs> it was just insane and um and 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 you've got that going on next to you while up the road Emma's just attacking and attacking and attacking and it's like oh fuck we've got to chase this down again and again and again and you know that eventually when Emma gets tired like Lizzie's going and we're just like yeah. fuck yeah, so. but the other thing is, is because it's a short race, Emma's not likely to get tired, and that's why. So when so, so eventually she call, eventually there's this great big push, and Emma goes, and I think only Tiff, and I think Tiff just goes, holy fuck, on her wheel, and you end up with a break, which is, um, and it's pretty much the break that I predicted would happen on Twitter earlier yeah, on in was, the day. It was almost exactly right, which was hilarious because I, I know this is a, and I don't want to get into this too big, but I know this is something that Sarah and I often comment on about the um, the general inadequacy of commentary for women's racing when it is broadcast live. Um, and it was interesting to me because here we were in two different countries on opposite sides of the world, and they'd done exactly the same thing, put two men who clearly didn't know or give a shit about women's cycling yeah. on and, to and commentate Ned, it. And Ned Bolting, Ned Bolting was going on and on about, oh, but oh my goodness, they can go through the corners, oh my goodness, they can go really fast, oh my goodness, and he was genuinely shocked that they were skilled riders. And the other thing they kept saying in the British commentary was, oh, I think she's gone too soon, you know. I think she's gone too soon, you know. You're like Ned. It's sixty kilometers in a fucking ninety in a hundred kilometer race. She's not gone too soon. Like yeah, there's literally yeah. no such thing as she's tried this too soon. Oh, it's the right move, but at the wrong time. And you're like, 
mate, honestly. I mean, oh, they it are was such, It was such inane bullshit. It was, it was incredible. I was actually swapping notes with people on Twitter about, like, the worst things that I'd heard commentators say. Like, down here, that, that, it was just some of the most spectacularly stupid shit that you have ever heard. I, seriously, one of the commentators here, and not even the, not even the network-provided you know, anchor who's doing most of the coverage, but their quote-unquote cycling expert, um, you know, who's a guy, was referencing Tiff Cromwell's performance at the Bay Crits as an indicator of her form in the Commonwealth Games race. Oh! Because that's all he knows. Bay Crits, like the 1st of January? Yes, yeah. So over six months fucking old. And and that's his point of reference. It, It was insane to me that, you know... This shit gets on on TV, and and even more frustrating when you know the the number of experienced, not just um, women cyclists here in Australia, but who are now broadcasters. But you know what? You've got right. two. You've got two former winners. What probably watching the race in Owen Wood and Anna Millwood? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not even going to start banging on about Kate Bates exactly, again. Exactly, exactly. But this you know, is the thing. This is exactly my point. The wealth of people who have experience as TV broadcasters as well as competitive elite cyclists. Anyway. Yes. So it was, it anyway, was ridiculous. So but the last, yeah. So the last attack, so Emma kicks it off on the last attack, and the only people who can keep up with it are um, – uh, I mean, Lizzie just gets a ride because you have Tiff Cromwell, Linda Willemson, Ash Mormon just like diving after her and this like, oh, holy fuck, we cannot let her go because, you know, Emma, as we all know, can win races with crazy suicide attacks and just keep going. She doesn't like riding. She likes riding out front. She doesn't like riding in a pack. It's fun. Well, and, um, and, and it's her retirement race. So if ever she was motivated to get loose and, and just win solo, um, yeah. yeah. And then you had Lizzie right behind her, and then and then in one of the most incredible pieces. So you're sitting there going, "Yeah, that's a that's a break of um, one, two, three, four, five um, riders up the road." And then then Katie Archibald in the most ridiculous uh, killer. I'm going to kill myself to get to that move. Yes. Move comes across dragging Gracie Elvin with her, with Gracie going, well, you know, it's not what <laughs> yeah, I well, do. Well, <laughs> it's, it's not what I do, but if you're going to let me sit on back and, and come across, then fine, let's do this. And this is what's amazing about Katie Archibald. I mean, Katie is so super strong, and and, and someone thought I was criticising her on Twitter because I was saying she is so super strong. The thing is, is she's only really had domestic-level experience racing on the road. I think she might have ridden Energy Walk Tour and the Women's Tour of Britain, the French yeah. Cycle Women's Tour this year. Like, she's not going to know these riders. She's very, very strong. She's not going to know these riders, and she's not going to know who, you know, she, she, she she's probably looked them up and stuff, but she's just not going to be used to riding with them. And someone was like, oh, but you can't criticise her. It's like, no, you're missing my point. This is her with no tactical skill. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think she's phenomenally exciting, not just because of the raw strength, but but she's got that other thing where um, it would be really easy to be intimidated because while you might not know these riders intimately in terms of knowing their styles and, and individual strengths and weaknesses on a really detailed level, she, she would definitely know who they are. And and so it would be really easy to be in, oh my god that's Emma Pooley that's Lizzie Armstead I mean they were in the Olympics like like oh shit oh you know um, 
overwhelmed by the moment but she's completely not you know and 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 she's as you say in that holy fuck if i have to die crossing to to this group i will do that and i will resurrect myself and i will keep writing yeah and and she and, and, and she's not, and she's not, you know, she's, and you can see it. You can, and this is the other interesting thing is that other writers will know who she is because, you know, um, half of the Aussies have ridden against her on the track and that we've seen the track world champs and you just have to know who's good. You know, if you're just looking down, who's good at these things, Katie's name comes up and it's like, it's, it's a really interesting thing because it's absolutely not a criticism of her in any way, shape yeah. or shape or yeah. form. But, you can learn. I think she can learn tactics. Oh, of course you know, she I, can. I, and I, and I, if I were if I were a DS of a, a women's team, I'd be I'd be you know seriously looking at ways to to get her on board and and get into all of that stuff with her. You know, give give her one good season's experience, and holy shit, the the talent that she could develop. Yeah, yeah, and the other thing, the other thing that's interesting about her as well is because the only thing that would be risky, and I say this in inverted commas, is whether she gets, you know, she's 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 now funded through the British Cycling Olympic Program, but she could quite easily do a Hannah Barnes and go, you know what, don't want to ride track, I want to ride, you know, because because yeah. on the track she she can just ride team pursuits, or she can go out for. Laura Trott's Omnium place, which would be very interesting. But she could, you know, but but because she's one of those people who struggled to get into British cycling and wasn't, you know, and knows how hard it is to get to, to get taken, she's not got that, she's not got that loyalty that a kid who's been loyalty, I don't mean loyalty in a, I don't mean this in a bad way, but she's not been with them since she was seven years old yeah, or 12 she, years old. she doesn't have a, any sort of sense of obligation, would be the way I would say it, where she feels so that she, she has to commit to them. Yeah, yeah, so she decides that she wants to ride road, like Hannah Barnes did. You know, she can mm. just say, actually, fuck it, I'm riding road. And that is very, very exciting. You know, it's very, and it's also nice to see that you can have people, it's it's nice to see that the we, we're, we're given a certain path and there's some real issues about, you know, Sarah's story wasn't taken to the Commonwealth Games. Sharon Laws wasn't taken to the Commonwealth Games. We probably won't see Sharon Laws in the Road World Championships, even though she'll be out there with her teen time trial team, even though she's like, you know, one of the top riders and actually on a hilly course, someone who Lizzie will need the support of, you know. Yeah. But, 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 you know, so it's always good to see people buck the system. And, and equally, I mean, you know, I was, I was complimenting the Australian setup, but it's equally nice to know that there's writers like Chloe Hosking. Yeah, who come exactly. Through who who and, and, and fought and found their own way through um, and, yeah. and, and then come back and still got national recognition, which, you know, I think is good too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, well, I had one last question while we're well, while we're off on this tangent. Um, so, if you could recruit Katie to any of the the current pro teams, which would it be? Oh, oh, good point. Oh, um, where would you, where would you recruit her right. to, and, and why? Here is here's where I put Katie Archibald. I'd put her in Specialized Lululemon if they're going ahead next year, and what I do with her is I'd have her doing the Lauren Roney type of type route where she races in the USA for the first half of the season, comes over for a couple of key races so that she can just get used to a different style of racing and winning in a different way. Because, you know, so rather than throwing her straight in at the deep end of, you know, Omloop Van Bors or, or Omloop Neusblad and stuff like that, I'd give her a chance to race in the USA and then I'd bring her over for like the second half of the season to Europe 
Yep. And I'd start her off. I'd also do that thing that they're very, very good at, which is, you know, I'd take her to races like Gracia Oliva and the Czech races so that she could get some get some opportunities to win. Yep. And keep her confidence up. And then I'd also give her chance give her births in things like, you know, the Teen Time Trial Squad, the 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 you know, that's what I do with her. Interesting. Yep, yep. Cool. What would you do with her? I would sign her, I think. I, I've thought about this a little bit for like the last minute and a half. Um, I think I would sign her to Lotto Bellasol and room her with Ash Mulman, and the rest Ash would Mulman sort itself out. Hey, oh, she is too. What was I? I holy fuck. Okay, well then, sign her to High Tech oh, and room it with Ash. Mulman. Yes, actually, actually, I can see her developing into an Elisa Longo Borghini star rider. Well, and, both- and I was I was thinking Ash is actually someone who I think would do a great mentoring job and help her work out what kind of writer she actually wants to develop into and all that sort of stuff and and things like that so yeah no i would i definitely go spec lulu okay cool and also i think her you know katie's known for her her funny tattoos and her multiple color changing hair and things like that and i can see her kind of i can see her getting on with the taylor wilders and the you know it, it just seems like a it seems like a fun environment and there's so many people she can learn from and i yeah that's that's what i do spec lulu okay okay cool i mean i imagine that wiggle want her with both hands you know if if yeah it, oh but, but, surely but, they do surely they do but, but i I'd, I'd i'd like i i you know and it's not to dis wiggle at all i just you know um it's it's that i i just think i'd like to i'd like to see her have have those chances to develop and race different kinds of races and this is why i think that the the root of you know the root that a lot of the kiwis do which is go and, and they obviously you know tiff cromwell did this and emily collins from from Tiff Commons, obviously Australian. Emily Collins did this from New Zealand, where you race in the States, and Hannah Barnes is doing it now. You race in the States for a bit, and you get the chance to ride over here, over in Europe. But it's like you don't, you get the chance to win. And I think that that must be, we've seen it over and over again, the difficulty of being very good domestically or very good. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just, I, I know what you mean. I, I do. I, I do. And it's not to just the American scene at all because it's super hard. And I think, you know, the other thing is... Yeah, I no, think, no, no. I think the key point is what you said, where it's a different style of racing. And like we talked about before, like even even your top American riders who are more than capable of, of on a on an athletic level, being competitive in, in Europe, you know, Mara Abbott's and Alison Powers and so on, um, even they in interviews have acknowledged that it's it's just a very different style of racing from america to europe and but, and I, but I, I think one of the things that i work one of the things that is worrying is that like you can you know you have a rider with young talent and this is why i'm gutted that we don't have a proper road cycling program with british cycling because you know for young talent to come up through and do really really well you know someone like katie who we don't know whether she's going to be on an upwards trajectory or we also don't know whether she's just someone who develops very fast at this level and then will sit here for a couple of years and could very easily get despondent because she's not you know what i mean she's not she's not she's not doing she's not winning everything do you know what i mean like like she's not keeping on going I think that can be very hard for riders you know you, you almost exp- there's a narrative that says you get better every year isn't there yeah well I mean, yes, I don't, but, but then the, the expectations of fans are not necessarily something to be taken too seriously. No, but I think it's the expectations of riders themselves. Like, even if you don't say you are, there is an idea that you can keep improving. Mm. Yeah, true. And I suppose particularly when you are young and developing, you know, that is probably true for, like, the first yeah. part of your, your career. And, yeah. 
you know. I mean, I mean, Pauline was talking about this, about how, you know, about how she, how it was quite hard for her that, you know, she, she'd come up very, very fast, very young, like, like, like Katie has. And then she just, you know, then she found it very hard to get past that level. Well, also because then she, she, um, moved into a, a pretty solid domestic role um, for probably 90% of her writing time. And so it changed her focus too from writing to win to writing to support. And, um, yeah. and you know, and I think that's definitely a factor as well. So as you say, but I, I do agree with your, your point about, you know, diversity of different types of racing and stuff. I think that's a, a pretty smart thing too. Um, I mean, yeah. when you have Paulina Fran-Prevot, who, you know, after she won Flesh All On, her uh, Kuzmurenhout was saying that Paulina had lacked confidence in herself, and part of that as well was going from being, um, oh, you know, she'd been like this queen of 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 the juniors on, you know, on on road and ITT and mountain bike, and and oh, shit, I'm not, you know, and I'm not doing it so well. I know I talk about this a lot, but it's it's like one of my things. I would love to see a couple of really strong level under 23 stage racers and under 23 racers. You know what I mean? That like the men have the Giro Bio and they have the uh the under 23 Paris Roubaix and the under 23 Milano San Remo and and you know and and the under 23 Turingen Rundfahrt. So you can do both at the same, you know, do you know what I mean? It's just like the idea of being able, to, I, that's what I'd like to see. If I could, if I could add an improvement in, if I could make a race, apart from it all being in the mountains and uphill time trials, so when Pooley would come back. <laughs> so I, I think I'd put on a, I'd put on an under 23 race, women's race. Okay, cool. Well, I, I look forward to the day when you do. Yeah. Just, just someone robbed me a bank. Anyway, <laughs> a so big one now, because we'd like it to last for at least two years. Um, so, we're so yeah, out, we're back to out, we're back we're to the Commonwealth out. Games where Rabobank are on the front and um, are driving the the train, the lead out for um, Ellen Van Dyke. I don't, I, I, I don't oh, slap you. <laughs> stop trying to diminish it. It was a really good race. Um, so you've got in this break, you've got two from Australia. I wasn't trying to diminish it. I was just trying to confuse it. It's different. It's different. You've got two from Australia. You've got Tiff Cromwell and Gracie Elvin, and Gracie is the only woman since Kathy Watt to have won the um, to won the Australian National Championships two years in a row. Yeah, and she's a sprinty type. And Tiff, of course, is an attack queen. And they're both from Australia. Then from England, you've got Emma Pooley and Lizzie Armistead. Oh my fucking god, that's scary. Um, but not getting at all awed by that. You've got Linda Willemson. New Zealand, Ash Moorman, South Africa, and Katie Archibald, Scotland. And I'm sitting there on Twitter going, yeah, you know what's going to happen is, um, is, is, is what they've got to watch out for is Tiff Cromwell will attack 100 times, and she will attack in the last five, three, two, and one kilometres. That's what's going to happen. And yes, of course, everyone, not just I know that, everyone knows that. So <laughs> in the last lap, you had, and there were lots of attacks and trying to get away, and then Emma Pooley jumped and kicked and at one point, I was like, oh, holy shit, Emma might win her last ever road race on... Yeah. Yeah. It was one... I found it quite weird, actually, because it was one of those ones that, to me, was like... Because, as you say, it was pretty... pretty um, well, I don't know if it was actually public knowledge, but it was pretty clear coming into the race that, that Emma was riding for Lizzie. Um, and it was pretty clear all race. And, 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 and that's how the race looked. But then Emma, as you say, jumped, kicked got loose and and you know laid in and 
it was one of those ones where it just made me go, oh, maybe they changed their minds on the road because Emma saw the chance she's feeling strong and, and maybe they just decided to do that. Well, um, no, I, no, I think it was another attack. This is what happens with Emma. I think it was another attack where the others had to chase it down with Lizzie sitting on their bike wheels, yeah? That's yeah. what I think is going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, sorry. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that's what I thought had, like, that, I'm not saying that's what I think Emma. happened. I'm saying at the time it happened, that's what I thought. Right, because I don't think at all it was Emma trying to steal a, a steal a win from Lizzie. No, I'm think... not, no, no, I'm not saying steal. I'm saying it made me wonder if the two of them had changed the plan on the road. No, I think it was always part of the plan. Because, as I say, as I say, if they come into the... I mean, if they, it's a way to control it. It's a way to ride aggressively. Because if they came into the finish with... If they come into the last 10 kilometres with um, Tiff Cromwell, you know Tiffany's going to attack at 5, 3, 2, 1 kilometres. You just know it. And then you've got to chase her. So the way to counter that is Emma attacks. Yes, but oh, we're going in circles. I, I'm just saying I, it made me, made me wonder at that point because I'd, I'd expected the next attack to come from Lizzie. That's all I was saying. So, yes. Which it did, sort of. Yes. So, yeah, so, so Emma's out there. She's about 10, 15 seconds. And, and this is the thing. is I think this is the thing about that break is it must have been very hard if you're sitting in that break because you know that both Emma and Lizzie can win this. Yeah, you know it. And But the thing that surprised me was on that last climb, the next attack did come from Lizzie Armitstead. And they were like, holy fuck. And she didn't just... And she did that beautiful attack. It was such a gorgeous piece of riding. And she and it was reminiscent of when she how she won the Ronda van Drenthe World Cup right at the start of the season. She just blasted. But what surprised me, and I've got to say my feelings at the time were... They were emotionally driven. Do you know what I mean? Because she caught... She went past Emma and she didn't even stop. She just carried on. Yeah. And yeah. Emma did look a bit shocked. And I'm like... And at the time I was like... What, what, what? Like, what? That just felt, it just felt. Yeah, I was, I was definitely surprised that she flew straight by. I, I expected her to do the sort of drop in and, hey, mate, let's work together and ride across the line holding hands because it'll make Sarah happy. Well, no, no, isn't, okay, isn't, and I had a couple of conversations about this because, so what happened was that Lizzie does this extraordinary attack and powers home and wins solo. Yep. Um, yep. Emma is still, no one can catch Emma. Everyone else is completely dispirited. Emma comes in second, solo for silver, crying her eyes out as she crosses the line. It's a very emotional oh, moment. Oh, it was so emotional. I mean, but, yeah. And, and, and at the, but at the time, I was just, I mean, and someone said, oh, well, that's just because you don't expect women to be like that. You expect women to be cuddly, fluffy. And it's not, I don't know. You, you have to unpick your, your expectations about that. And I don't think it's that I expect women to be friends and friendly no. and stuff. Oh. But but I guess I guess what I imagined would happen would be that Italian slash Dutch thing where you catch your your colleague and then you both ride together and you cross the line you know um, you know Lizzie takes the win and thanks Emma you know what I mean and and yeah yeah or, no that's or, exactly what I thought and, and yeah and, yeah and that's and, what I meant sorry I wasn't having a I wasn't having a go at you I I I, I meant exactly that. that that's what i was expecting too and so yeah. like yourself I, I was quite surprised that she just moted straight through and i think i think it's because that's how i think that's what i'm used to seeing with voss and that's mm. what i'm used to. however however on the other hand i can complete and, and and that was my emotional reaction my emotional reaction was oh my god what the fuck lizzie what the fuck but my 
but, and, and that was also because, you know, it felt like this moment. I am a huge Emma Pooley fan and it's like she'd attacked and attacked and attacked so many times. And I just, you know, it just, I, it would have been so poetically beautiful for her to win in such an aggressive way on her last race. You know, and then Lizzie can win the sprint, you know, Lizzie can win the sprint for silver or attack off and get silver. However, I do completely take the point that at the time that she went, Lizzie didn't know that the others wouldn't be able to catch Emma. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she was going for the win. She was going for the win above all. She's like, that's all she's focused on. She's focused on winning this race. And she was saying afterwards that she feel, and it's crazy because when you look at Lizzie's season, she said, I feel like I've come second all season. I've done, you know, I've never always been the bridesmaid, never the bride. And finally I've won. Finally I'm the champion after all this time. And you're like, oh, I, 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 you know, when you look at her Palmares, it doesn't feel like that. But, you know, she's just come second in Turing and Rundfart. She came second in the Olympic Games in 2012. She came second in Flanders to her teammate, which she really wanted to win. Yeah. And like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe I can see her point. And it's driven from, you know, and she was chased down in the national championships by Emma. So it's not like she's got any, you know, <laughs> any kind of... Any yeah. kind of, and I'm not saying it's driven by nastiness, but it's like at that time, Lizzie was responding as a pure bike rider who wanted yeah. to win. Well, and also, as as we've acknowledged, that was her designated role for the race too. Yes, her absolutely. job, her job yeah. at that point was to go on and win the race. So, yes. yeah, you, you're yeah. spot on. It makes it makes all the sense in the world, particularly when you it's... add that fact, like you like you say that you know, she had no way of knowing that the chasers weren't going to be able to catch back on. So And and also and also the kind of thing is for Mariana as well, Mariana's in a point in her career where it's not that she's gifting, because I don't think she'd gift to a rider that didn't deserve it. Do you know what I mean? But you know, mm. last year in the national championships when she and Annemiek van Vlerten didn't chase Lucinda Brand down as hard as they could have done or you know crossing the line we're letting um with Paulina Fran Prevost in the final stage of the Giro with letting Paulina cross the line before her or working for Paulina she has that luxury of being able to choose to race for teammates because she knows she can win and Lizzie you know for Lizzie yeah you know the poetic thing about Emma Pooley winning her last race why you know but that's not what she's there for she's there to be a bike racer yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just, it, and it's hard. But, but it's also, it's also. I mean, you, you're absolutely right. Like it, it, that emotional thing. I mean, part of why we love bike racing is it's an incredibly romantic sport. Um, yeah. And 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 also, you know, a, a big part of your relationship with the sport is also as a as a historian, a storyteller. You know, you you learn the stories, recite the stories to us and and become the, the epic poet of cycling. You should change that to your Twitter <laughs> Twitter thing. Um, epic, epic poet of cycling. I want I want a scent every time someone reads Rosy fingers the rosy fingers of dawn. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not get carried away. That just that's that's starting to sound porny. Um, but yeah, it is. You know, those 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 stories are a big part of, and particularly because we don't get all these many opportunities to to watch races live. So when yeah. we do, they take on an additional significance and um, yes. and really really and matter. And the other thing is, is that there's someone like Lizzie. You know, for the Ronde van Vlaanderen, for example, when Ellen had worked her socks off for Lizzie in in Binder and Flan, you know, in Binder and Drenta. 
and then had attacked on the final, you know, on the Canaria Berg, and then had got away solo to take the win. That's what the narrative is about. It's not about Lizzie being well. Of course, you know, she she got to sprint for second and stuff. But it was Emma. It was Ellen's attack that made it instead of hers. And she's super happy for her teammate. Of course, she is. But you know, as she said afterwards, there's a little part of her that was like, I really wanted to win. <laughs> <laughs> which, and I, and which is I, completely I legitimate. I mean, that's I, that's what you I, want from an athlete, you know. Yes, exactly. And I'd much rather have someone like Lizzie going, admitting that she has a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, admitting that she has a little bit of conflict inside well, her. Well, it's it's, rather... the, it's it's the Caroline Buchanan. She's got a little bit of mongrel, you know. That's yeah. It's exactly mongrel has different that. connotations in Britain than it does over there, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How can mongrel be anything but awesome? Mongrel is often used. Mongrel is often used by racists to describe mixed race people. Oh wow! In the USA and UK, if someone says you're a mongrel, they're not meaning no. complimentary. No, 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 no. no. It, it, it has that background here, except that that's a positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. In Australia, in Australia, it means you're not. In, in Australia, it means you're not a purebred. You know, yeah, a yeah, exactly, exactly. It's negative. The mongrel is the yeah. kind of you. All it, the best and you're scrappy and you've yeah exactly you're, you're a bitter you come from all over the place but you you give it a uh, you know you, you go down swinging no matter you give what it a red yeah. Off you go yeah, yeah, yeah and, exactly yeah, no no it's like it's, it's oh one wow of those that's been that's those... been both educational and distressing for me so yeah, yeah no it's it's one of those things where because i think you know because because it's like you know that's the kind of and it's an interesting thing in britain because i think mongrel because everyone you know everyone talks about how mongrels are the best dogs you know but there are you have to be a little bit careful about saying yeah no i i can i can certainly imagine um wow yeah okay well i certainly didn't i meant that in the the no, I know. admiring I mean, aussie way not in the um yeah. Not in the pejorative exactly. other way, yeah. Yes, exactly. No, of course. Sorry, yeah. I just wanted to... Yeah. No, no, anyway. thank you. I do appreciate knowing. Um, but, yeah, it's nothing but love and respect for, for mongrelness in all its forms. Yes. So, anyway, you have... Um, you have... So, so yes. Yeah, so, and then... But the other thing that was really interesting is if you looked at that group... So, in that group, you're like, okay, so Lizzie's gone up the road. Oh, my God. Amazing, beautiful attack. Like, a gorgeous piece of riding too. Emma's in second, crossing the line in tears. And then you've got the race for third... Oh, and holy shit, that sprint was incredible. It was so, so good. And Although, like... I, in moment of pride, I'm not going to give it away, so you know you should be proud of me for that, Sarah, but in a moment of personal pride, I called it correctly at the line. So, yes. Really? Because it was basically... I had thought it was going to be so. Basically, you're you're there with um, you're there. I mean, towards the end, you're basically only had they they've dropped off Gracie Elvin and Katie Archibald off the chase. You yeah. know, you're down to you're down to basically Ash Moorman, Tiff Cromwell, Linda Willemson, and out of that group, I would put put my money on Tiff Cromwell every day of the week, except in a neck and neck photo finish, you've got. Ash Moorman out sprinting Tiff Cromwell and and basically winning with a bike throw. Yeah, well, and and the photo, the photo, uh, the comment from um, from Tiff at the end, and I think the photo does reflect this reasonably accurately, was the width of a tire. That was pretty much what it was. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it was and, and, it was so super close, but yeah, yeah. And I can't remember what the number was, but um, but I loved I loved uh, Bridie's comment about you know it's basically as I paraphrase basically a skinny little climber winning with a bike, you know, throwing her bike. Yeah, yeah. 
And but you know, it, it was an amazing race. One of the things that's interesting, just to come full circle with with what you were saying at the introduction of of this, you know, when we've gone for so long with with either winning or podiuming the race, it was kind of weird to to miss by by the width of a tire. Yeah, but I think the thing was, it was like, I mean, the thing is, 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 is if you could go back and do it all over again, if I was Australia, if you go back and do it all over again, of course, you wouldn't ride so aggressively in the beginning, you'd conserve your strength, and you'd make the English riders chase, but then all that do the work, but then all that happens is you come down to a bunch of sprints. I mean, I would, if I was Australia, I'd be proud, because although you didn't win a medal, and you know, that's gutting, you really fucking tried, and you animated the race, and you made it exciting, and you you put it yeah. all out there. oh and, you know, and and that's the thing like like i i mean that with literally zero criticism i thought i thought our team raced incredibly well um you know i i'm absolutely very proud of the the way they raced it's, it's yeah. just one of those you know shit doesn't go your way sometimes and it, yeah. it, it sucks but you know that's racing and I also just want to give a shout out to Leah Kirchman, who won the sprint for eighth out of a big group. Um, Leah, Canadian, she'd obviously she came third in the course the other week. She'd fallen in the ITT, and you know, and she said, you know, she, and she basically had finished the ITT like, like you know, being doing quite, you know, f- having fallen and with her bike a bit fucked. So you know, for her to come back and come eighth out of that group, you know, she out sprinted some serious, some serious riders, and that's you know, that's really. I think Leah Kirchman, she's still under 23 people. I mean, that's, that's the thing about races like this is, and, and this whole year actually has felt like it's, it's not just Voss. It's like, there is these no, it's, it's young riders. It's definitely so opening up, you know, I mean, there've always been riders who've competed in, in different types of races, but now when we're now also seeing this sort of next, I don't want to say generation, cause it's not really a whole generation apart, but, but this next flock of riders, you know, um, growing up and, and really starting to find their feet and, and um, you know, put their own stamp on, on the racing. And yeah. it's, it's, it's so cool to see because, you know, it, it, just, it just adds another level of, of excitement and, um, and performance to the whole thing. I yeah. actually get to see that race live. I mean, I don't want to harp on about Dan's favourite race in the whole, whole world. You know, people can diss the field, the, the standard of the field, as, as uh, all day and night if they like. But, you know, we still got to see that race from the beginning. Yeah. You know, and that's more than we had from La Course. And it's definitely more than we had from World Cups like Flesh on, you know. So, yeah, you know, if, if you want to make some rude comment about the Commonwealth, go ahead, but you're wrong. Because you know that's given us that's given us more cycling than we could that we could see than yeah, yeah. than any number of like top field well, races. The, the truth is basically that we haven't had that much continuous women's cycling on TV since the London Olympics. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, hilariously enough, <laughs> we managed to talk about this one race for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but we did talk about the state of cycling. That was just we True. used this one race to illustrate a number of broad themes about women's racing down. But yes, there was also Spacas and Giro on in the afternoon, which was the one, two, three, four, fifth, sixth round of the World Cup. Um, the Road World Cup this year, we haven't had a race since May. Um, and it's kind of the Road World Cup kind of divides into three broad sections. These are my sections. This is my description, so you might not agree. But you start off with the Spring Classics, um, Drenta and Binda, which are amazing Spring Classics races that only happen for women. And then 
Flanders and Flesh Wallon, which you know obviously men race too. And um then you have then you have this like intermediate period with the two sprinting races, Tour of Chongming Island and Sparkassengiro. And then towards the end of August, what I think of as well, they they they're twofold. It's like it's firstly it's pre-worlds, you know, it's people banging up, getting ready for worlds. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of they're, second, they're, they're kind of build-up races for worlds in yeah, a way. They're kind of yeah, yeah they're, they're build-up races for worlds, especially the team time trial. Yeah, um, at yeah. Gorda, at Gorda. and but they're also the kind of last chance saloon for teams and riders to get glory. So we're kind of so Sparkassen is a new race on the calendar on the world cup circuit it's been around since 2000 i want to say 2002 um but maybe 2004 and it's and it's had its ups and downs like in 2012 it was demoted to a national level race so to see it come back not just to uci level but to world cup level is fantastic and it's the first world cup we've had in had in germany for about five years since the nuremberg Altstadt um disappeared okay yep yep so you know, it's a really yeah. So it's 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 great to have it back. Is the, the and it's yeah. and it's also really cool to have a sprinters race in the world to have another sprinters race in the World Cup because you know, while sprinters like Kirsten Field can win races like the Open to Swed for Gorda, you know, which can end up in a bunch of sprints, and you know, of course, sprinters can win a Flanders. They're much, much more suited to the classics types type of riders. You know, like you're much yeah. more like just your Armitsteads and your Vosses win than your Bronzinis and your Fields. Yep. So it's lovely to have some something in the World Cup for different riders to shine. Exactly, exactly, and variety is the spice of life too. So yeah, and so this field was it wasn't you know that so of course you've got all the Commonwealth riders are over there in Glasgow. You've also got some big names who aren't riding. From Rabobank, Paulina Frampovo and Anna van der Brega taking their mid-season break. Yep, yep. And from High Tech, they don't have Chloe Hosking there, and also Elisa Longo Borghini and Audrey Cordon not there either. You know, it's you've got to take a break, and I like that. I mean, that's the other thing that's good is I don't mind having a World Cup that doesn't have the top field there. We see this every year with Chong Ming. Like, it's not a problem for me. No, no. Again, I think it's one of those ones that. Um, you know, like we we're saying just before, you know, it, it gives other riders an opportunity to step up. It also helps in terms of um, within a team where you know you you might have a, a heavily stacked team, but that spend you know eighty percent of their year riding in support of a Kirsten Field or a Mariana Voss, and and it gives other riders an opportunity to to get that experience being the team leader and having the team ride for them and and stuff like that as well and and also it just again keeps the the racing interesting because we're we're facing a slightly different setup so, yeah. yeah and you know we again we have this with men's race there's this idea that you can't have that you can't have races going on at the same time on the women's calendar which is oh. this pernicious idea that's been gathering steam and it's like bollocks it's like we never say this we never complain about you know uh, like, like you know, Tour of California is on at the same time as the Giro, for example, and you know, Paris Nice is opposite another men's race. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. fine. I think it's fine. But uh, so- the the issue is not when races are on at the same time. It, the issue is when when um, traditionally significant races on the calendar are moved so that they're on at the same time. That's yes. when you cause complications. But yes. having having a variety of races of different styles and types that suit different riders happening at once is fantastic. 
Yeah, so, and, and yeah. having having the World Cup leader Lizzie Armitstead out of this race didn't do anything that you know to the race that wouldn't have happened anyway. So on the start line, you've got the top sprinters in the world. You've got Georgia Bronzini on her thirty first birthday. Happy birthday, Georgia! Um, Kirsten Veeld, Shelley, who'd won the Chongming Island World Cup, and obviously and also had a had a bone to pick after losing the course. Well, came coming second, but I think she thinks it's losing. Shelley. <laughs> Um, you've got uh, you've got all sorts of you know you've got J- Jolene de Hoor, young young Belgian, and of course you've got La Course winner Marianne Vos. Then you've got Emma Johansson sitting second in the World Cup series and always wants to win races, and a bunch of really fun riders who just want to have some World Cup glory. So it's eight laps of a fifteen and a half kilometer circuit, and it's it's kind of interest. It's just very interesting seeing what happened because you're following it on Twitter, and it's like there's it's a typical women's sprinting race. In a, you know, they have a hill in the lap, in the clap, but it's not like a series. It's not a hill that can really kill people or, or cause massive amounts of damage. So you have um, you know lots of attacks and Mariana Voss putting in lots of attacks and at one point she gets away with Bally Scandalara and Shelley Olds and um and a, and a couple of other riders I think Nina Kessler and Julia Soak Souk um coming after her you know join, joining her but yep. um in the Rabo in the Rabo race report it kind of goes yeah but their team leaders told them not to work <laughs> <laughs> and you're like hey yeah, that sounds a bit churlish. And B, of course you're not going to work for Mariana Voss. Exactly. Are you like, like, okay, dear teams, can we please stop complaining when you've got the the favourite in in the the group and and others aren't willing to work for them? Like, like that's just gonna be reality. Deal with it. Love, damn. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, let me work with you, Mark Cavendish, and help you over the hill. And then we... <laughs> yeah, let me let me tow you to 500 meters from the line, and then we'll have a gentleman's agreement to start the sprint. Then, shall we? <laughs> right. Oh, like, Mariana. like really, really. Like Marianne, Mariana, let me give, let me make life let me make this race easier for you. Yeah. Yes, not going to happen. So they're kind of attacking, attacking, and I was really super happy to see Miyuko Hagiwara attack. Um, mm. She went into the last lap solo and was shortly joined by a couple of other riders. And I, you know, Miyuko, she's another example of how you can get into the peloton. I mean, I think you know when 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 they when Wiggle signed Miyuko Hagiwara, there were a ton of riders who are probably just as good. You know, she's a Japanese. She's the Japanese. She's multiple Japanese ITT and road champion, and she's you know she's raced with um, with small you know in small race in small races before you know she's with 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 the Asian teams and yeah. you know things, things like that. But you know she's one of those riders where on the one hand you're going oh well you know of course they've picked a Japanese rider they're sponsored by Honda but I think it's fucking great that they did you know like yeah okay she's well, you know they signed I- her. What I've loved is how how well she's fit the team. Like, um, you know, she's clearly like just from their videos and, and stuff. She she has clearly been exactly the right kind of writer, regardless of nationality or, or whatever, for the team because she she just fits in with their sense of humor and their way of doing things, and they all clearly you know enjoy each other and and respect each other and stuff. Um, yeah, and and like you, I think you know this year she's just been having one of those great years where she's starting to learn how well she can do. 
Yeah, and she was on, you know, she was on the, she came third on stage three in the Giro Rosa, and mm. she'd actually bridged across to the front, to the front attack group, and which was a really clever, good move. Yeah. And she's the first Japanese rider on the podium of the Giro. I mean, yeah, possibly, yeah. The first, if, possibly the first East Asian rider on the And actually, that was probably, that was probably my favourite wiggle video from the Giro. Um, no, no, I'm, the one where, the one where Georgia and Amelia um, wrestle. Definitely. No, not not for that. It was just funny. Jeez, Sarah. I didn't say anything! Everyone could hear what you were thinking. You were thinking it so loud. That's not true. You really were. You you thought it very loud. Very loud. Anyway, anyway so Miyuko attacking. And it's also a great move for Georgia because, you know, this again, this is one of those things where if Miyuko stays away yep. and wins the race, hurrah for Wiggle. If Miyuko doesn't stay away, that's other people having to chase her down. Hurrah for Georgia. You know, so it's... And then, and then after, so she's caught on the last climb. And then after the last climb, Emma Johansson does a flyer. I'm shocked, I tell you, shocked. And tries to get away solo, and it completely stretches out the race. It's like Liv pounding to get her back, absolutely pounding on the front. And she's caught with 5K to go. And I'm like, fuck, she said afterwards, you you know, you, better to try and fail than not to try at all. And I'm like, yes, this is why I love you, Emma Johansson. This is why you are such a great fun rider because, you know, you're not – she's got a really great sprint on her. Yep. She can – but she's not going to just go for it. She's not just going to go for a sprint. She wants to make this a fun race. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's one of those ones, isn't it? We hear it talked about a lot uh, about, you know, why why make the attack if you if – you, are a good sprinter and you can just ride to the line and take your chances and it's always irritated me when they've said that you, you know because you're taking your chances is taking your chances <laughs> you, yes, you know I and, and it, i mean it's different if you're the only sprinter in a group of climbers or something but you know when when you're with a group of people who can compete equitably roughly with you in a sprint then take a shot Yes, and especially when you're with Kirsten Field and Georgia Bronzini and Mariana Voss. I mean, God, and, exactly. Voss, and this is the thing about Voss, why I love her, is that she attacked and attacked throughout this race. And she also chased down a lot of, she did a lot of work because, you know, she can just go, oh, yeah, I'll just sit here and wait and then I'll win the sprint. But no, it's like, it's like it's so much. And it's and I think it's because they love bike racing. You know, they want to race yeah, their bikes. Yeah. It's not just about I want to win. It's like I want to race my bike and I love Love it. Really love it. And the other rider I was really happy to see out a lot was, um, so, you know, and, and, and all of Orica, you know, had Scandalara out earlier and Jesse McLean was out and was involved in attacks too. And the other rider I just want to shout out about is um, Specialized Lululemon's Lauren Roney, who seemed to have been, every time they mentioned anything, there was Lauren. And I'm so happy because Lauren's had glandular fever this year oh, and really? hasn't got to race as much as she wanted to and has been quite disappointed in her season and mm-hmm. and it's just she's a really strong rulery type domestique and i'm so happy to see her back and out and you know killing it and yeah 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 i mean lauren's hilarious and i really you know just yeah i i just you know when you're just like you you see her name come up in the twitter feed as attack as, as attacking or in the breaks and you're just like oh yeah, Lauren, yeah, so, yeah just happy just, yeah yeah exactly so comes, exactly so, so they come all down. of that said, it comes, so it comes down, down to... 
it comes down to about 25 riders because, you know, the catching Emma Johansson has shared everyone else off. And that's the other thing about these races is these aren't like, let's all ride around together. Happy, happy, joy, joy, kumbaya and then have a sprint. It's like these is, you know, there's only 25, we've only got 25 people in the kind of final, in the final contention. And there's a great piece on the Wiggle Honda um race report where they say they come around this this last corner is about i don't know 250 meters from the finish and it's a 90 degree corner it's a really tight bend and there's this quote from georgia that's like yeah i was on voss's wheel and she didn't even touch her brakes and i can't believe how she does that because i broke my shoulder a couple of years ago i'm not going to risk that (laughs) well but that's that's a huge part of it isn't it you know just the the being willing to risk slightly more, and it's such a fine line. It's um, uh, I can't remember if I've made this this comment before, but it's it's the old um, Hell's Angels slogan from like way back in the '60s. Is um, you know, the only problem with living on the edge is that you don't know where the the edge is until you've gone over it. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh. So they come in and Van Dyke and and Voss are kind of taking this last corner, you know, wheel to wheel. And Voss opens a sprint early and just powers down the finishing straight and wins easily, like easily. And Bronzini, she said that she was on Voss's wheel and got pushed off by Bigler. But Bronzini comes second. And Lotta Lapisto of Bigler, Finnish rider, coming third. And if you're saying who's Lotta Lopisto, she's a um, she's she's 25 years old. She's from Finland. She was racing with big. She's basically been doing her nursing her nursing course, and she'd had a bad year a couple of years ago, 2012, with illness. But last year she was racing with Bigler when they were a national level Swiss team. Right. And this year Bigler stepped up to UCI level races. And she's had the chance to go to some really big races. And, you know, um, previously, her biggest race, she's ridden, you know, she's ridden Worlds and she's ridden, ridden Vigorda because, you know, Vigorda invite the Scandinavian teams where possible. And Lotta has been to Vigorda with the Finnish national team for a couple of years. But, you know, this is like her first, this is her first season, you know, her first proper, her first proper pro season. And she came third in a World Cup. That's awesome. That's, and this is again why I like having a sprinty World Cup because you know mm-hmm. she's like I think she came tenth in a stage of Energy Walk Tour or something and she was she you know, she's been the Finnish road and ITT champion for a number of years like not not last year but 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 for like you know for pretty much every for every other year and yeah so so Lotta Lepisto in third Jolene de Hoor in fourth Lisa Brenauer in fifth I would have liked Lisa to win just because it's in Germany and she's German and um, Emma Johansson in eighth even though she'd done that crazy social uh, crazy breakaway. Kirsten Veeld in ninth and she said afterwards she got this thing on Twitter about sometimes you win sometimes you learn and the live the live report says yeah basically our sprint train was really disorganized and Veeld had to use up a lot of energy just getting to the end right and didn't, right. Have, enough, didn't have enough time to sprint and yeah, yeah and yeah. Shelley Olds in 10th uh, Ellen Van Dyke in 11th so yeah just cool. super fun race yeah no great race I mean, there will be 25 minutes, 22 minutes of UCI video footage of it um, coming out. So keep an eye out for that because, I mean, you know, well, I, what well, you might want to you might want to tell people because it's been a little while um, where they could find said video footage when it comes out on the UCI YouTube. Uh, I was hoping you'd tell them that it would be collated on, you know, I don't know, some kind of a, a cycling blog, maybe. Oh, 
So, yes, we'll put links to all the video that we find from the Commonwealth Games and this and everything else we find, all the things we don't have time to talk about, on our blog, prowomenscycling.com. <sighs> Thank you. Now I, now I feel like we've, we've done what we needed to do. So, yes, thanks. Mm. Yes, and um, yes, and you can also, if you ever need, feel the need to buy something which has the catchphrase prowomenscycling.com <laughs> or any of our other catchphrases, we've got a Redbubble shop. And, um, oh, look at you. I'm turning you into a little little evil marketing genius. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I feel, I feel kind of proud of that. Corrupting you one sale at a time. Awesome. Um, we should also talk quickly about the um, the Mont Saint Anne downhill, shouldn't we? Oh my God, Mont Saint Anne! Oh my God, Mont Saint Anne! So it's this, it's a it's the Mountain Bike World Cup. This there's been a couple of weeks um, with being off, and then last week they have Mont Saint Anne, and this weekend starting, oh they're probably there already. They have Wyndham in the USA. It's the North American section of the uh, Mountain Bike World Cup, and they're in Mont Saint Anne. Um, absolute deluges on the course for all the practice and qualifying completely flooded course oh my god half of our courses run away not quite as bad as cairns in the first you know right at the beginning of the second round of the mountain yeah, bike fewer, fewer poisonous snakes for a start so fewer poisonous snakes and canadians are generally friendlier than australia than queenslanders oh look it, it, it's not fair to judge the queenslanders just because they're spiders and snakes and drop bears and you know attack pandas and stuff like that it's and locals those are the locals <laughs> local people oh no no they're around yeah okay dan's just having a moment of queensland pride because we do know he was brought up in queensland so yeah but to everywhere else, no Queensland's such. the equivalent of Florida and probably the equivalent of... I now, that's even... unfair. That's, that's very unfair. That's very unfair. The crocodiles in Queensland are way tougher than the alligators in Florida. Like, way tougher. Anyway, so the Monson and... Oh, my God. I just... Oh, I, did you see that I, video I sent you today of the crocodile eating the, eating the shark? I did see the crocodile eating the shark. It was great. Awesome. It's like some eighty-year-old crocodile that's famous. Yeah, eighty-year-old, eighty-year-old six-meter crocodile eating a, a, a two-meter-long shark. So yeah. Yeah, and, and and this crocodile. So when you've got an eighty-year-old crocodile that's very famous for eating anything it can get its teeth into, um, normally people keep away. But not in Australia. In Australia, you go out hunting to see it because you want to. Yeah, watch no, it not, eat, not so hunting, hunting. You take tourists out to see it, and the tourist guide goes, "Oh, it's got something. Let's go have a look," and takes the boat right over next to it. <laughs> 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 the quote, did you see the quote in the news story where the, the parents are talking about their daughter who by the end of the tour had got quite used to crocodiles jumping out of the water next to the boat but was still confused as to how the shark got there? <laughs> oh, I love our country. I really do. <laughs> when, anyway. when a five-year-old kid is in the course of one boat ride used to crocodiles jumping out of the water. <laughs> I'm trying to eat her. Awesome. <sighs> anyway, downhill in Canada. <laughs> downhill in Canada, it's a really tough course. It's a very long course, a really nice mix of technical sections and jumpy sections and, and, and you know, long pedly sections. Um, 
beautiful i can't oh god i mean imagine being a mountain bike rider you basically go you're basically competing in the world cups in what are ski resorts all over the world so you're looking either you're either looking out at i don't know the rocky mountains i don't know if it's the rocky mountains i'm just saying that because they're mountains i've heard of in canada or the alps or um, you know you what realize, i mean but, you realize the rocky mountains are in colorado in oh, the us of a right what i mean what do I mean? What do I mean? What's the Canadian version? <laughs> Honestly, your North American geography is so good that it confuses the shit out of me, and I've got no idea what you mean. So... What's, the, what's the Quebecois amazing? <laughs> <laughs> Tell them what we liked about the race, and I can't speak. All right, yes, you, you go find your geographical shame, and I will talk about the... Um, you need to talk for about three minutes. And all I'll right, well, you, you just go cackle. Um, our uh, regular listeners will, will remember that we've previously talked about how Red Bull provide amazing coverage of the downhill, and that involves live streaming video of the racing when it's on, but also recently they've started doing this really awesome thing with um, helmet cam stuff where they, particularly when a race is close, are giving you two up head-to-head side-by-side video so there's this amazing video of rachel atherton and madon carpenter two of the the top women riders um racing um at at mont saint anne um side by side and so you get to see them from the second that they come out of the gate together next to each other racing the same course and it is phenomenal as sarah said this is a a longer course than um many of the other races that we've seen so far in the downhill and um as a result it goes through multiple sections that are technical and sort of open up a bit as we noted last time they did this uh, Rach Atherton tends to get ahead in the technical section. She rides the technical section so well. It's it, it's kind of spooky sometimes, and particularly uh, on this course, you know, there are there are parts of the course where you know there's two lines. There's sort of that one safer line that goes around the tree, and the one other line that goes between two trees. And if you get it wrong, you just die. Um, and so watching watching them both go through those sorts of things is just astounding and um man on strength tends to really come to the fore as the track opens up a bit because she she just has this ability to to pull just a little bit more speed out of it yeah and but we have to stress that part of that is rach got sick on the plane out to cairns and she's had a bit of glandular fever this year mm. and i don't think that rach is back to her strongest part is her strongest thing because she started off so fast and it's not that she fades so much because she's still going super, super duper fast. It's just that Manon is getting faster yeah, later abs- on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but it's, and, and but it's, think, it's and part of why it's so fascinating watching them side by side because and, and you can time. see the back and forth and, and the, the the edge. It, it leaves you like I'm, I'm literally there just like breathless, just whoa, whoa. Did I really just see that? Yeah, it's amazing. And actually this time Manon picked up time in that last, in the last big technical section yeah yeah it's not it wasn't just on the pedally sections like last time where it was basically no she hit um, that last series of jumps just amazingly well you know what i find really interesting about those videos though is that when they show you going over the jump the jumps feel super smooth i mean those bikes yeah. have some serious fucking because you'd expect it to have a bit of a, a judger when they hit the when they hit the ground but they're just 
yeah it's like it's like you can tell you can almost tell when they're jumping because it's the smoothest part mm-hmm. it, it, it is just amazing to watch and and one of the things i actually enjoyed a lot about this particular video is because like i was saying um it went through several series of deeply technical to slightly more open ground to another technical section to a series of jumps to open ground to you know more technical and some jumps and then into the into the finish line um and so there was a real sort of back and forth but then the margin uh between you know rach and manon um as, as winner in second place is incredibly small and and sarah you can tell everyone the the margins between first and third too yeah, it's just, because it, the other thing is, is this is showing Rachel Atherton and Manon Carpenter's runs, you know, mm. Manon winning, coming back to win. But yeah, Emmeline Ragot, who came third, was just 0.77 of a second behind behind Manon. Yeah, And yeah. sometimes this downhill is criticised because it just doesn't have the depth of field of the men's, that the men's side does, you know. And, and that's true. There's a really big, there's a big, you know, there's a big gap between, for example, um, 10th and Yeah, but, but I also and think... Sorry. And, and then there's a really big, you know, and then there's like, then you've got these top three women and then the, there's a there's a significant gap from, you know, Rach Menon and Emmeline down. And, and it's hard, difficult as well because Miriam Nicole had, her, her, had injured herself in training so wasn't, so couldn't actually race the final. But, but I don't think that that's a problem. I think that, yeah, there's a, yeah, there aren't as many good riders as the women. As, as on the men's side, but these women, it's super competitive. And, you know, yeah, Emily, yeah. I mean, what I find fascinating about Manon and Rachel, this is the second time we've seen Red Bull put their runs side by side like this. And A, you're like, when you're winning by 0.77 of a second, you think surely you could make that up by not having a GoPro strapped to your helmet. <laughs> Firstly. And B, the thing I love and, about and, and this, dear listener, is the moment where Sarah killed side by side helmet cam coverage forever. No, 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 well, well, as, no, no. As Vic said to me, the thing is, is if everyone's wearing a helmet, if everyone's wearing a helmet cam, it, it kind of almost it doesn't matter, you know. And actually, what you get out of it as a rider is 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 so much, you know. Okay, yeah, you might lose by 0.5 of a second, but you might win your next you know what i mean you might win your next race and your next race and your next race because you get to watch your it's just fantastic and fascinating and amazing that they actually let us see it like not just they you know um madison saracen post manon's runs her posted her leo gang runs on their on their youtube and but to allow you to actually see these like this because I just, you know, you just know that Rachel is going to be looking at Manon's run like that and Manon's going to be looking at Rachel's run and they're going to be learning and learning from each other. But at the same time, Emmeline and Miriam McCall and 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 Morgan Shah and all the others are going to be looking at those two yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's that was that would be my response too to anyone who was foolish enough to to try and say it to me as if it was some kind of legitimate complaint that there aren't as many strong women as there are men. Is that that's the wrong fucking thing to measure anyway? Because it's not about how many writers there are now. It's about how are the writers progressing. You know, yes. are we getting think, more stronger riders? Are we getting yeah. more competitive? Then we're doing the right things. That's how you solve the problem. You know, yes. we, we don't just suddenly ban Manon and Rachel and Emmeline from racing so that everyone's racing on the same level. That's insane. So No, I think, no, I think the argument is that there shouldn't be a World Cup on the same level and there shouldn't be a <laughs> Why do men have to steal money from the women's side of the sport, Sarah? <laughs> 
I know. Uh, no, no, no. Seriously, because because in in downhill, the team competition is judged on how well you do from your. I think it's top three men and your top woman. Yeah. So you don't have to have a woman in your downhill team. However, if you want to win the team competition, it's you know having men on winning, for example, this is great for Madison Saracen. Having having you know, and, and actually, this is the thing about the teams we've talked before about how, for example, Hutchin, you know, you've got the you've got the sibling thing with Mick and Tracy Hannah and Rach and you know Rach Rach and G Atherton and and Dan Atherton and over in Enduro. But you've also got this thing where Manon is very definitely part of the team, and you know Manon Manon's contribution to that team fit to the team win is just as, you know what I mean? It's just as good, yeah. and it's just yeah. and the same with Zapier Gravity Republic. You know, Emmeline's team. You know, it's like they've got some. It, it, it's it's a very interesting. And it fits in with this lifestyle thing where, you know, you don't necessarily want, if you're a downhill boy, you don't necessarily want to live in a sausage fest all the yeah, time. Well, you know? Exactly. I was going to say, like, this is the thing is when you're an enthusiast about anything, like when, when your favorite thing to do is ride your bike, be it road, track, um, bike ballet or mountain bike or whatever, then surely that's something that you would enjoy doing with, you know, your potential... Yes, yes, your potential love interest, so yeah. or, or lust interest. I'm not one to judge. So yeah, yeah, openness I mean, and inclusion, people. Yeah, and it's so it's it's kind of yeah it's kind of um, yeah it's 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 interesting, isn't it? It's, it is. It's, it's, I love it. Most of all, it's awesome. And please just watch that video because it is incredible. It is so good. Yeah, and also over there, Catherine Sternerman won the Eliminator, and Yolanda Neff, who's had a fantastic season, won her second Mountain Bike World Cup in the cross country. Um, yeah, Yolanda, we will not see the race I want to see in the cross country world champs, which is Yolanda Neff versus Pauline Fran Prevot, because they're not allowed to race elites because they're both under 23. Oh, so I actually think the under twenty three cross country mountain bike world champs is going to be more interesting than the um more interesting than the than the elites. Yes. Okay. I I can see that. So, I can definitely um, see that. Yes. Um. What else have you liked this week? I oh, speaking of videos, I liked Cosmo Catalano's weekend bike video this oh, week. Oh well, <laughs> that, that was the, the one I was going to mention because yes, it was awesome. <laughs> and also, Cosmo, I've got to be honest, is much better than we are at talking about these things in a nice, concise way. Well, yeah, I was going to say, particularly if you value conciseness. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely got that on us. But then, you know, he edits more heavily than we do. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the other big bit of news that oh, I... Oh, no, uh, if anyone doesn't know, Cosmo um, Cosmo does the week he does the How the Race Was Won videos on his cyclocosm.com um, website. And he also does the Week in Bike, which is his roundup of cycling news, not just about what happened in races, but also about what's happening in the world of cycling. And this week he was talking not just about the, you know, he was, he's, he was, I don't think he was a particularly happy person this week, but he was particularly unhappy with the fact that, you know, after, you know, after the course, you've got like, you know, that amazing Mariana Voss helmet cam video, bike cam video, and a ton of people in the comments going, you can't compare her to any works she's not as good and like you know because she's a woman and talking about how yeah there's this this chief executive some 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 senior executive from giant bicycles is talking about something interesting about bikes and all the comments on youtube about oh she's a bit fat she should ride more 
and kind of saying and, and also having a bit of a commentary about how yeah maybe one of the reasons that specialized is pulling out of of supporting specialized lululemon maybe is um that that actually well you know they're not covered by the major mainstream websites exactly so, yeah. and, and it is a very legitimate point and i actually um, you know, as you rightly point out, Cosmos, How the Race Was Won and Weekend Bike Videos are awesome anyway, but I actually really, really appreciate him, um, you know, actually saying that, you know, just being being willing to, to just state it because I think he's spot on. So, yeah, and, I mean, and, and I have to say that you could think, well, you know, the reason you're nice about Cosmos, Sarah, is because he's nice about my, he, he does reference my coverage on Podium Cafe quite a lot, but it's not just that. It's like he is, he is one of those people, he's one of those homemade media, be the change you want to see in the, in the cycling media. And he covers women, he's been consistently covering women's stuff all the way through his week in bike. And one of his arguments is that if, you know, he's finding it hard to find stuff about stuff himself, you know, he's not a women's cycling fan in terms of in, in the same way as for example, I am, he just wants to find out what the top stories are and can't find them on the major cycling sites. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and, and that's honestly, I think that's actually one of the biggest, um, issues in terms of the sport at the moment anyway, is, is that there are more than enough people who would willingly, pay attention to women's cycling were they given something even approaching decent coverage at the places that they already visit. Yeah, so. but on the other hand, I think the cycling media is, it, it kind of almost illustrates the problem that the cycling media has because, you know, I watched the Commonwealth Games women's road race on live on the BBC and on Saturday, it's not a great race. Mariana Voss will be there. It's not a great race, but the Prudential Ride London Grand Prix, I have issues. It's they, they have a, a road race on Sunday for on the on the Olympic circuit, and they don't have a road race for women for men for women. They just have a men's race and then a women's warm up crit. However, the women's warm up crit is going to be streamed live on the BBC, shown live on the BBC. Uh, so on the one yeah. hand, you've got people like the TC and Nos Sport and Rai um, showing the Giro Rossa and stuff. Show you know mainstream mm -hmm. media places. If you're if you're Dutch, you just go you just log on to your mainstream media sports provider. You don't even need to go onto a cycling site. And on the other hand, you have people like Cosmo, um, Cyclocosm, and Velocast, and you know and and Velo Focus with his women's focus site site and and neutral service on the on the drops website and us yep. you know like actually do we need cycling media well you know I, this has been one of my favorite go-to subjects you know for the last couple of years is is that cycling's you know women's cycling has the best opportunity to reinvent cycling from the ground up you know um, i mean look I mean, look at how red bull i mean the mountain bike i talk about and how red bull support the mountain bike for a really really big for a long time but like you know, they are presenting it not as a cycling issue, but as an exciting, superb sports. You know, you look yeah. and, and just sports on Red Bull TV this week. The cycling was alongside um, Lollapalooza. Yeah, um, yeah. Concert coverage. And that's how where they're positioned. You know, they're not positioning mountain bike as part of cycling. They're positioning yeah. mountain bike as part of, you know, next to surfing and skateboarding. Yeah, they're, and, like, their whole proposition is basically, here's some cool shit we found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... and it's a much better way to present things, really, yeah. isn't it? You know, to just be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. 
Yeah, and I go on Red Bull bike all the time because they have, you know, they have these this little, this little profile of Manon last week, and they had, you know, they have um, Rachel, 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 Rachel Atherton's playlist, and mm-hmm. you know, and they have these super cool before each race. They have um, they, <laughs> Claudia Calori, who's the uh, manager of Gestad Scott, does these insane downhill bike previews of the course of the downhill courses, like where he's chatting through it as on a run. And so when he falls off, you see him fall off. And, and you know, when he goes, oh, my God, I can't believe I made that. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. And, and yeah. then you have, he's a, he's a former pro. And, 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 then, and then they also, for the cross-country courses, send two riders with local riders out around the course to discuss it. So they had, you know, Australian mountain bike power couple, Dan McConnell and Beck Henderson, talking about the Cairns cross-country yep. Yep. they had um you know uh katarina nash who's czech and her luna pro team teammate katherine pendrell talking about another mesto course you know it's like they had the canadian male and female championships champions for this you know for this course it's it's a really do you know what i mean it's a really nice it's a really interesting way of doing it because you get to see the rider's personality mm-hmm. and you get to see the course from a different angle. And then you get to watch the race live from the beginning to the end. Exactly. And, and you can and, see highlights. And it's not particularly difficult to do. This is, you know, I know I repeat that a lot, but it, it really isn't. It's just, you know, having a partner willing to really take hold of it. I look yeah. forward to the day. I, I really cannot wait. I think it'll come soon. Um, in terms of other things that, that we've seen, I know you've seen this, Sarah, and I'm sorry if this was one of your things, but I don't feel that guilty because you stole my, my Cosmo video reference. Um, Matrix Volpine have had some big news this week that's just come out. So. <sighs> Matrix Volpine on the drop was my favourite, you know, one of my favourite. Helen Wyman was the first bike rider to talk to me. Stefan Wyman took me to my first bike races. I am unashamedly a fangirl. They are going pro next year. They're going yeah. to the They're taking a step up, and I am so happy for them. Mm-hmm. The, you know, uh, again, you know, regular listeners will know that that as you say, we we are big fans of of Matrix Volpine and um, have followed their progression over the last few years, and um, and their history goes back a lot further than that. You know, they've been operating for for ten years in some form, um, nearly, haven't they? I think this, oh, this is year five or. So, um, anyway, um, yeah, yeah, they're they're in the process of uh, applying to become a top level UCI pro team, which is yes, going to be awesome. As all, and seeing as all that you have to do to apply to be a top level UCI pro team is give them twenty grand um, deposit, then they're going to get it because literally anyone can be a top, top level <laughs> UCI. Pro team. But, but they're not. Yes, but if someone's going to do it properly, this is the team I trust to to do yes. that. And I think it's really interesting that the press release, you know, in in classic Stefan Wyman and and Matrix Volpine manner, actually lays out, you know, not in great detail, but in in broad strokes, the that bigger vision, you know, that they will be primarily a British team for British road riders to aspire to. Um, you know, and that they'll maintain the the emphasis that Stefan's always had on helping riders to develop and progress in the sport and, and stuff yeah. like that. And, um, yeah, I, I have really high hopes. It's exciting news. So, yeah. mm. um, In a segue, this is not, of course, not Stefan's first attempt at getting into the pro league because back in the day in 2009, he was the, um, he went into partnership with 
with Nicole Cook's Vision One team um, that that she that, that Nicole Cook that Nicole Cook set up. She who was the he was the DS of that. And you can read that story and more in Nicole Cook's book, which came out this week. Um, the breakaway. Um, I recommend it. I've got it. Um, I'm about to start reading it in my garden all afternoon. It looks really good fun. Um, another book you can buy if you're a cyclocross fan. Yes, of course you are. Then um, Balint Hamvas, who basically takes gorgeous photos and for the last couple of years has been making beautiful books of of cyclocross. You know, cyclo celebrating the cyclocross season. His 2013-14 season book is out right now, and I've got a copy in my living room. It's gorgeous. Um, it's got writing by our dear friend Caro Cardinals. Um, TGS girl on Twitter and it's great it's lovely mm. if you mm. cyclocross fan anywhere near you get them to yeah. have a look at this get this book and uh, as Sarah says Balimp does an amazing job with the photography and and Caro is equally as good with her um, uh, her choice of of prose and and the way that she tells stories with with humor and and heart and warmth um you know two people who really love the sport they're covering and it comes through uh there's no better way to to remember the the action of the season past and prepare yes. for the season ahead so yes yeah. yes, yes um other things you should watch the um it was the australian tour of the murray river series i'm sorry australia i didn't get to watch it i didn't get to i haven't really got to pay attention to it i think it was one by rebecca Wiasak. i'm not sure um but there are two awesome videos which we'll put links to on our site pro cycling.com and also speaking of nicole cook um, well sorry i was just 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 to quickly add uh rebecca Wiasak uh won the points competition and won one of the stages and she was up there for most of it but she didn't actually win the gc um, who won the gc i am struggling to remember and we'll have to quickly google so cover okay. for me okay the other the other thing that i um liked was um i was when you were looking i was looking up a lot of commonwealth games riders this week and a lot of the welsh riders including nicole cook and and Geraint thomas who won the men's road race all came up through this club this Welsh, this and people, Eleanor Barker and Becky James came up to this cycling club called Mandy Mandy Flyers, and it's around this Mandy race. It's basically their race race course run by two fantastic people who just really want to get more kids enjoying bike uh, cycling, and they do this by lending kids bikes. They've got a a, sur a closed circuit that they ride on, and basically, if you find in ten years' time, you're pretty much going to be looking at, at who are British stars, and they're all going to have come up through Mandy Flyers. And there's a lovely little um, article about them, um, which we'll link to on ProWomenCycling.com. Excellent. Um, yeah. And it was Kendall Hodges of the Victorian Institute of Sport who took out the GC on the Tour of the Murray River. Uh, Rebecca ended up fourth, so yes. Oh, oops, sorry. Um, more Aussies. We wondered why Caroline Buchanan didn't win the BMX World Champs. She explains it in a great, a great episode of her Buchanan on Air series on her YouTube, which you should watch as well. <sighs> And to be perfectly honest, we could probably keep going for another hour, but we should probably let you get back to work before your boss notices that you've been, you know, listening to us instead of doing your job. So, yes. Yeah. Yes, or train arrives. Isn't that? Um, coming up races, the Route de France, French stage race, it runs 10th to 16th of August. The Ladies Tour of Norway, I think that's the first time it's been the UCI level, race runs 15th to 17th of August. And then we have the Gorda. 
The Team Time Trial World Cup is on the 22nd, and on 24th, we'll have the Vogoda Road Race apparently streamed live, um, if not in Sweden, in Swedish, in on the UCI website. So, yes, <sighs> we may soon get a break. No, I don't want a break. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm so spoiled. I'm so spoiled by having seen so much good racing, you know, so much. You have the Giro, an hour a day of the Giro, and I felt spoiled then. And then the course, okay, I bitch about the coverage. It could have been better, but still we got to see an hour of it. And then the commies and mountain bike, and I just feel, yeah, yeah, you know what? There is hope for the future, people. Hope for the future. It can get. It's getting better all the time. And we'll be back next week to tell you all about it. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye.